If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are we starting? <gasps> I forgot my drink. That is a oh, good point. Oh, God. Right. Every, <laughs> stop. Stop. We haven't started. This is actually probably the most accurate start to our show ever. In fact, this is how we should start every show with Maureen. Leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Before we start our brand new episode of WTB, we would love to thank our new patrons who are Astrid, Samira, Bethany and Christina. Welcome to the WTB train. Kisses. <laughs> This is my new water bottle. Wow. It looks like a an actual oil barrel or something. Because I, <laughs> I broke my plastic when I dropped it, so I thought, I'm going to get a metal one. Oh, Maureen's come back with some sort of squash. Mm. What's that, Maureen? It's watermelon juice. Mm. Watermelon juice. I didn't buy it. Somebody bought it for me. Well, how do you get people to send you food all the time? Well, it's really one person. It's one person. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michelle in Vienna. He sends food parcels from, well, presumably she doesn't send them from Austria, but... Orders them from Austria. Imagine having a friend as good as that where you go, do you know what, I'd love to try watermelon juice. Next day, watermelon juice. No, no, I didn't say that. She tried to order me pineapple juice. They'd run out, so she gave me watermelon juice instead. Oh, God, Maureen. I mean, your life, it's like a roller coaster, isn't it? <laughs> Just for that brief moment, you didn't have any pineapple juice coming your way because it's very hard to get hold of in the supermarket. Do you know, I've just had somebody offer to buy me 10 hydrangea plants for my garden. Oh, that's very kind. It's really showing me up because it never occurred to me <laughs> to buy your hydrangea after all yours were cut off. 
I just sort of went, oh, that's sad about your hydrangeas. Anyway. But it's so sweet. So anyway, and I've got another friend who's going to volunteer to do my garden because my garden, Alison, is going through rewilding at the moment. Oh, right? we've talked about yeah. this more and it's not a rewilding. <laughs> a rewilding would suggest that it wasn't wild and now you've gone, I've decided to rewild it. But it's it's just a mess is what we're talking. <laughs> She's creating a nice habitat for the bugs and the creatures. Yeah, I bet insects are really happy about my garden. Actually, to be fair, they probably are. Insects, frogs, uh, rats. <laughs> foxes. Foxes. They're all in there <laughs> scurrying about, having the time of their blinking lives. It's like Disney World in Maureen's garden, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We've got to sort that out, to be honest. And I'm buying a new sofa as well. Oh. So Maureen sent me her two offerings. She said to me, I'm mm. not sure which one to buy, the grey one or the, or the blue one. And she said, I think the grey one will be better with stains. And I said, I, do you know what? <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me, Alison, but I think a blue can handle a stain or two, don't you think? It's not, think a, it's not a bright blue. It's a dark blue. It's a dark blue. It's a dark blue. Oh, then I'd go dark blue over grey. Yeah, Same. 100%. I think grey, you're going to see the stains and dark blue, you can hide the numerous coffee stains and chocolate yeah. stains and <laughs> crisp stains or whatever the hey-ho is happening. Grease stains, Maureen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think because yeah. the grey's lighter, uh, I see. the stains will show yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like the look of a grey, but for stainage, if that's what we're thinking about. We are thinking stainage, Blue. We are thinking stainage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is my main concern about buying a sofa is how well it will cover the stains. Yeah, that's a similar concern that Chloe and I have because we've got two seven-year-old children, Maureen. <laughs> Chloe wants to buy. Now, listen, this is going to really upset Alison. And I don't want to upset Alison. I want Alison to always be happy. But this might upset Alison. Okay, so Chloe has got a sofa in mind. Okay. And it's sort of a a green sofa. It's velvet, Alison. (laughs) I know, look, I can see that it's upsetting your teeth. (sighs) For those of you that are listening, if if you haven't listened to previous episodes... All you need to know is that Alison is not keen on velvet. It's a real, it's a bit like me and cornflour. Alison can't cope with velvet. (laughs) When you rub it the wrong way, it's just too... Yeah. Yeah, It's too la-la-la-la, I know. But look, (laughs) I've talked her down because I've said, I don't know if you remember who we live with. (laughs) And velvet is very unforgiving for stainage. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to clean. No. It's not easy to clean. Maureen knows from it. Look at that face. When I was a Momi, I played an American film director. I had a velvet dress as my costume and I got orange juice down it and the head of Momi was very, very annoyed. And you stained it with orange juice. I mean, basically, (laughs) if you're given any item of clothing that somebody wants you to wear, but also they need it back afterwards, either make sure that you have a full bib, bib, yeah, so a bodysuit actually. (laughs) wouldn't it? Yeah. Or just make sure that you've eaten before, maybe. I could put that kind of plastic they put around um, clothes from dry cleaners. But you know what? I don't think that's enough. <laughs> I don't think that's enough. I know it would fall in between. Oh, yeah, that's a possibility. I do get stuff down my bra, food down my bra. Do you, do you, you get do, that? You get a lot of things down your bra, Maureen, I know. I know. <laughs> so, sometimes you're surprised when you find your tits in there, don't you? You're like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see them in yeah. there. I was just expecting to see crisps and a sausage roll. When I put lipstick down, then I've forgotten and it comes out when I take the bra off at night. Okay. Sure. I mean, I can honestly say that has never happened to me. <laughs> Alison? Uh, no, no, no. I remember when I put things in there. I do. <laughs> Ever taken your bra off and thought, oh, woo, chicken nugget. You know, oh. you get excited. No, but like, you know, like when you're gigging and you haven't got a pocket in your dress and you're carrying your lipstick around, just bug it in your bra, isn't it? No, 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 Maureen. No, no, no. <laughs> 
Although, to be fair, I'd have to undo my shirt in order to do that, which would look very odd. I was like, why is Brista undressing? Sorry, I just got to pop my lipstick, my lip gloss in the boobs. Also, because I'm a typical lesbian, I do have pockets. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. you, you do have pockets. You have very sensible clothing. Practical. Anyway, look, we've obviously started this show. We, we started it without any real introduction. We're back after a six-week, is it six-week? Eight-week hiatus, I don't know. It was a long hiatus. It's lovely to see your faces. There we are. I can see Maureen's face. I can see Alison's face. Uh, and it's great to be talking, well, utter bollocks. <laughs> Sometimes I think, hey, what are we going to talk about? And look, straight in. Already. Straight into no stains, lipstick down your bra. It's, it, it seems to me that we have no end of bollocks uh, that we can tap into. It's true. It's a gift. Now, listen, before we move on any further, let's have a brief recap of what you've been doing. I mean, I'm talking bullet points. Don't go into any detail, Maureen. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, obviously, I celebrated my birthday at oh, the weekend. Birthday. You Ooh, did. Yes. Happy, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Maureen. 38 yes. again. I was 38 again, Alison. 38 again. You don't turn 38 every day, do you, Maureen? No. Nope. Well, I mean, I do. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this is the 20th year of being 38. <laughs> Not that bad. And I don't normally gig at my birthday weekends. But anyway, I did this time. So I got celebrated my birthday about three, four times. So it was quite nice. I saw every time I scrolled onto your social media, I was like, and another club singing happy birthday to Maureen. I was like, how long is she going to milk this fucking party? Like every time. Yeah. Jen's kids sent me a happy birthday song. That was sweet. Oh, the boys. So cute. I'm sure they volunteered to do that, Brista. They absolutely did. In their defense, Maureen, they're seven. They didn't know it was your birthday until I told them. They, they, they do need to be told these things. They don't retain that information. To be fair, I don't retain that information. They were very happy to do it, Maureen. There was no like, oh, do we have to? They're like, yeah, let's sing Maureen a song. Yeah, it was very sweet. Even oh, I thought it was sweet. You're very welcome. Alison, what about you? Have you had a birthday since we've last spoken? No, no, but I have one coming up. We're in my birthday month now, guys. I am Ooh. the day after Valentine's Day, February 15th. Uh, I will also, again, be 38. I'm catching on to this trend. I like this idea, staying at 38. It works. Yeah. Life in previous, let's see, uh, saw my parents over Christmas. Uh, yeah, it was really nice. And doing that morning radio show, still been doing that every day. That's exciting. Oh, wow. How's that going? Plug that a little bit. Uh, Back Channel TV, everyone. You can watch it on YouTube or you can join on Back Channel TV. It's good. It's really fun. It's with Haley Ellis, another comedian. Uh, so it's actually, it's just fun spending the day with somebody every day. Do you know what I mean? Because as comedians, we're always out and about. We don't get to like every day touch base with somebody. So it's, yeah, that's been kind of nice and just living life, guys. Oh, uh, got the new bed. Did I tell you about the bed situation? Oh, yeah, because you had the... Bought the wrong size mattress. Yeah, I hear you. It's been the greatest mistake of my life, everyone. I have no regrets. <laughs> I have no regrets. If that's the greatest mistake of your life, then don't worry about it. <laughs> if buying the wrong size mattress, Alison, is the greatest mistake of your life, then you are doing very well indeed. Let me tell you about <laughs> right now. Uh, I, too, have my birthday coming up, actually, Alison, because I am, I think, six days before you. Oh, you are. Yes, I'm on the 9th of February. Making a note of that. Where I will be turning 47, guys. I know I'm the oldest uh, of the trio. Maureen laughs hysterically at that. What an age to be. I can't quite get my head around it. I'm okay. I was absolutely fine with 40. 41, 42, felt fine. 43, absolutely fine. 44, I was like, yeah, that's fine. 45, I went, oh, I feel a bit weird about that. 46, yeah. I was like, mm, that's, that's, this is a telling age. But I think 47 is like, holy macaroni. 
And what I love is that coming up to the age of 50, more recently, I was described as an up and coming comedian. And I thought, fucking hell. <laughs> One, I've been going for 20 years. Two, I'm nearly 50. The fact that I'm still considered up and coming is it's either very, very optimistic <laughs> and, and fantastic or incredibly depressing. I can't figure it out. But um, I mean, I'd love to tell you stuff that's happened, but it's not, it's not really very much, actually. Well, you've got a lot of stuff up and coming, so, you know. Oh, loads <laughs> up and coming. But I can't, I mean, want to spunk it all now. Uh, oh, spunk. Why did I say that out loud? Apologies. Oh, oh God. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Let's do a quick U-turn and head over to what can only be described as the highlight of this show for many people. <laughs> God only knows why. <laughs> it's time for the bee and the more of the morning. I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender. I chose my own number and my own contact to block. <laughs> oh my God, Maureen, I don't understand. I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I've got to shut this down now. I've got to shut it down. All right, guys. Well, Jane figures in this one, Alison. So, um, Do I? Yeah. Before we went for my birthday meal, we were having drinks. <laughs> I was going for a coffee shop. Jen was like, no, we're having cocktails. So we went for a cocktails. Obviously, I had a pina colada. goes without saying. Booze. Yeah. She tried to get me a matte. What was it? She tried to get me to have a matchy. No, no she didn't try to. I mean, in her defence, uh, she just said, would you like to try a matcha colada? Because that was actually on the menu. And you said. What is it? She went green tea and I went, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so anyway, we were chatting away and I chose this Italian restaurant. And I said to Jen, oh, yeah, it's really good. I used to really love eating there. And Jen was like, oh, when was the last time you were there? And I went, um, 1987. Is it still even an Italian restaurant at this point? I mean, it is. Maureen was going on about what a great restaurant is and the food is fantastic and the ambience is great. I said, oh, this is great. I said, w w when was the last time you went? She went, uh, 87. I was like, oh, my God. I said, Maureen, it's... <laughs> That's like over 30 years ago. It's a little now. It's an Aldi is what it is. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say the chef has moved on. Uh, so you can't guarantee anything. But it was a good restaurant. It was absolutely fine. It's still a 1980s Italian restaurant. Yeah. We had a singing waiter. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was very full on and very friendly in a way that I can't really manage. Mm. It's not in me to meet somebody that arrives at your dinner table in a state of euphoria. I'm like, I don't know how to meet you there, mate, because I've just sat down. I'm actually a little bit harassed. Uh, and hey, 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 welcome. What would you like to eat? I'm like, um, hello, sorry. Could I, could I just have a glass of red wine? What would you like? Let me go through the wine list. Let me go to some of the red wine. We got some of the white wine. I was like, oh. In the end, we just went, whatever, you choose. Uh, yeah, and he chose, I just thought, you've got to go, mate. I can't manage you. <laughs> well, apart from that, it was it was a really lovely meal. It was lovely. Was it everything you remembered from 1987? I mean, to be honest, I don't remember it that well. But I just remember I used to go there a lot. <laughs> Classic meal morning. You're going to love it, Jen. It's such a lovely restaurant. What do you remember about it? I don't really remember a thing. <laughs> Oh, well, Maureen, thank you very much for your Beam Maureen moment. I think we've started, you know, quite well, but I think it can only go downhill from here, which is what everybody's looking forward to. <laughs> OK, I guess we have to head over to someone who actually knows what they're talking about, Maureen. Yeah, That's yeah. why we're going to head over to the top left-hand corner of my screen, and that is Alison, because it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes. 
boxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Can I say I love very much that you guys have actually labeled me as the one who knows anything. That's the first time in my life anyone has ever said that. It makes me feel good. But it's against us, so it's quite a low bar, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll take my small victories where I can, Maureen. I will take my small victories. And look, thank you to everyone. Look, even though we've we've had a little break, people have still been writing in uh, with some of their problems, and I'm very grateful Please keep them coming in. Never think that I won't get to them if I don't right away. I promise I will. Look, I wanted to start off. Let's ease into the issues. And I I kind of enjoyed this one. And I can relate. So the problem is (laughs) my neighbors have chickens and two roosters in their small garden. They are extremely loud in the early in the morning. They stink and they are hand fed just by tossing feet onto the ground. So I'm extremely nervous about a vermin infestation. What can I do? Now, in Canada, I have never heard of anyone keeping chickens in their garden. It's really popular. Oh, yeah. It's really it's popular. It's a very common thing here in the UK, yeah. as I'm realizing. My neighbors got a couple of roosters. I don't know why, just the roosters, no chickens. So when I saw this problem, I was like, I hear you, because that rooster, it starts at like, as soon as the sun goes up, one rooster is good at, at its job, and the other one doesn't really know what it's doing. So the one rooster is like, and then the other rooster is like, and I'm like, oh, that rooster is sick. Like, uh, So anyway, two roosters. So I, I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> I understand, I relate. So that's why I wanted to get into this. So, and I like that you labeled the things that are concerning you, because that was going to be my first question. What concerns you about having chickens next door? So things that I have learned when I looked into keeping birds in the UK, you are actually allowed to keep up to under 50 chickens without having to have any sort of registering of the birds, any sort of, you are just legally allowed to have chickens and roosters, and there's nothing anyone can really do about it. You have every right to keep chickens and roosters. So, little bit of an issue. But as a neighbor, there are some things that you can do. There is a way that you can uh, kind of uh, keep control of things. Now, number one, sound. Absolutely. The 1996 Noise Act says that you can complain about the noise. It's much like a building. As I mean, Maureen, you lived through the nightmare of somebody going through the noise. Uh, If it's before 8 a.m., you have absolute concrete uh, justification to complain about the noise, okay? So uh, you can contact an environmental health officer. They will visit the offender, and then they have a week to deal with the noise from the roosters and the chickens. And I looked into it. You can maybe suggest this to your neighbor. What they need to do is keep a proper chicken coop that closes so there's no light going in to the coop and then they let them out at 8 a.m. okay so they should not be making any noise before then you keep them in the coop chickens and hens are very or roosters are very happy to be in their coops uh, no light they will not make noises you let them out at 8 a.m. They will, or depending on the rooster that you live beside. If your neighbors do not do this, they have a week to figure this out. If they don't do it, then you let officials know and they can start to get some fines. Now, I'm going in pretty hard 
I would say the first thing you probably should do is have you had a discussion with your neighbor about the issues and politely discuss with your neighbor what it is that does concern you. Look, I'm worried about rodents, which, P.S., I also found out chickens and roosters eat rodents. So if there are mice there, yeah, often the chickens will just eat them. So not quite a concern. Rats, a little bit more of a concern, but I didn't know chickens eat mice. It's upsetting, but it is a fact. They should be feeding them through a container, a containment unit. They shouldn't be hand feeding and throwing it out because that's what brings vermin in. That's what brings it. So I would discuss with them, hey, you know, you got the chicken coop. Uh, how are you feeding them? I'm just concerned. You have every right to bring these subject matters up politely. Also, the chicken coop should not be attached to your place. And it should be, I believe it is 500 meters or, or away from you. So it should be not near your property as far away as they can get with on their land is technically what they are supposed to be doing. Also, if people have roosters with hens, they say that roosters make the hens produce eggs. That is not a fact, everyone. I've learned a lot about chickens and roosters in the last 24 hours. Not a fact. You can have chickens and they don't need to have roosters in there to lay eggs. They will eventually lay eggs on their own. Very exciting. If you do not have the type of relationship with your neighbor that you feel you can speak to them about their chickens or their their roosters, what you can do is you can contact the council and they can send in a mediator, someone to help to negotiate the chicken gate, as I like to call it, right? So they can help to be a mediator to assist you with that because sometimes it is hard to communicate. There are also a lot of bylaws, so you might want to check the bylaw in your area because although people are allowed to keep chickens, certain areas there are a few more restrictions. So I would say do a little bit of legal digging and see what's going on there. You can also contact the RSPCA if you feel the animals are not being kept correctly. Notify uh, the RSPCA so they can go in and check that all of this is being done because they are supposed to be keeping them in a coop. They are supposed to be feeding them with enclosed food containers, etc. Also, if you feel your neighbor is not going to do anything, the best thing that you can do is put yourself up a chicken fence. I know it's a pain in the butt. It isn't your job, but it will keep the chickens out because everyone, chickens can actually fly over six feet. So you need to have a fence that goes up six feet so the chickens don't jump into your land, which brings me to the fact that you should keep records. Keep records of what is going on with the chickens and the roosters next door. When are they loud? Maybe keep some videos. Keep a record. Are you worried about the chickens? They've come into your backyard. The things that are annoying you, the more records you can keep, the better it will be for your case in regards to dealing with this issue. If they are getting into your garden and they are eating your food, automatic sprinklers is a good way to get rid of the chickens. Motion sensor sprinklers, chickens will run away from the water. They do not want to get wet. So that's a big thing. Also, when they're disposing of their chicken feces, they should be burying it. It shouldn't just be thrown in a trash. They're supposed to be putting layers of dirt on top of it. So these are all the things that they're supposed to be doing. I would always say try to communicate with your neighbors politely. Maybe you want to negotiate getting some eggs. Look at it that way. You might be able to get yourself some gorgeous, lovely eggs. Always try to speak with them directly. If not, there are some things that you can do through your council, etc. But that, my friends, is the most advice I can give you in regards to keeping chickens and roosters next door. There you go. Alison, thank you very much. Uh, what a dilemma to have a rooster living next door. <laughs> It's absolutely true that roosters are not necessary for chickens to lay eggs, but what they do do is, if you have chickens, is that they fertilise the eggs so that you can have chicks. 
That's what they're oh, doing. Oh, is that what they do? Yes. Yeah, I guess. For breeding. They, yep. They fertilize those eggs so they're not just eggs and they turn into babies. But look, my brother had chickens. He kept them in an egg loo. I don't know if you've heard of these containers. And they were kept in the egg loo overnight and they had chicken wire around the garden to make sure the chickens yeah. didn't jump over. But boy, oh boy, did those animals destroy a garden very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. They scratch through and, and any plants that you've got, forget it. And if you're planting mm -hmm. anything, forget it. But, you know, and also they live a lot longer than the egg laying period. So they'll lay eggs for a certain amount of time and then they just sort of get old and they're like, a bit like us. They go through, they're like, do you know what? <laughs> they go chicken menopause. <laughs> they menopause and they go, the eggs are gone, but I'm sticking around. And you're like, oh, I like you a lot less now. <laughs> you're not laying eggs. A bit like women, actually. I like you a lot less now that you've not got your period. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're responsibility chickens, but they, you know, they can be lovely pets. But obviously, if they're yep. living next door to you and the cockadoodle doodering, no thanks. I'm not having that every day. Our puppy just looks over the fence like, what is happening over there? Bear isn't even scared of them. He looks over there with concern. Like, he looks at me and I'm like, I know something's up with that. He even knows. We sense something is wrong with the rooster. We're concerned. Yeah, I mean, that rooster obviously sounds like he's having a lot of problems. But I don't understand why you would buy a rooster over a chicken. Why you'd buy two roosters with Pops no chickens. I didn't know they were roosters. <laughs> I mean, they look very different, so it'd be quite tricky to not. But look, maybe they bought them as chicks more and absolutely and that they didn't realize and then they grew up to be roosters i don't know i haven't done the research i just think people shouldn't have pets and then that's and then that's that's the thing there yeah <laughs> i think that's a very reasonable thing to say <laughs> oh dear start it off with a good one everyone selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Boy, you look surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called being professional, Alison. <laughs> Listen, we've got a backlog of television that we've all been watching and movies that we've all been watching since the last series of WTB. Let's pick up the highlights. Maureen, what about you? Well, last night I watched In the Heat of the Night, starring, obviously, um, Sidney Poitier. Okay. Sidney Poitier sadly died not that long ago, and he was on our cultural corner. And it is a brilliant movie. You just forget how good it is and how good Sidney Poitier is in the character that he plays, Virgil Tibbs. So that's on BBC at the moment, so you can... Watch that an iPlayer. Another thing that I watched, which I know Jen watched, I don't know if Alison watched it, The Tourist with Jamie Dorman. Oh, I loved it. It was yeah, really yeah. good. Oh, I, I mean, very far-fetched. It's so well written. But I loved it. I mean, it, it was, you know, at one point a bloke falls down a well and then he's fine. Oh, yeah, and he climbs back up. He climbs back up. No explanation about how he got out of the well. But look, I mean, you know, pushing the boundaries of reality and all of that. It was a very entertaining series. I really enjoyed it. Really definitely. good. I recommend it. Definitely recommend it. I watched Stay Close, which at first I thought was really good. And then it just, by, by episode four or five, you're just like, this is just ludicrous. Because I mentioned to Jen, I went, oh, you might like this. Stay Close. And Jen, I've watched it. It's rubbish. I wanted to like it, but I got to like episode four or five and I was like, oh, please. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Beyond yeah. ludicrous. Have you seen it, Alison? It's on Netflix. Yeah, I did see this one. Yeah, it does start out good and then you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Those preppy killers. You're like, they're from a different film. It's like, it's David Lynch territory. It's like completely ludicrous. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what is really good, which I watched, which is, I thought was fantastic. Don't Look Up. Oh! Oh, yeah. I love Yeah, I enjoyed that. Did you know that was written before the pandemic? No! Yes, Maureen. It was written and created before the pandemic even started. How? It's so on point. I'd love to write like that. It's just, if you don't know, it's like a, it's basically a satire about climate deniers and people denying vaccines and you know, denying science. And it is just absolutely brilliant. Meryl Streep is amazing. It's like a female version of Donald Trump. Trump. Basically, yeah, it was. Yeah, I love the Jennifer Lawrence that kind of running gag about the general who charged for for um, snacks. Why would he do yeah. that? Yeah. Why would he do that? He's a three star general and running gag throughout the whole thing. Panned by the critics, loved by the people. Was it panned by the critics? Yes, it was. They did not like it. It didn't get great critical review. But it was the highest. Was it the highest thing watched on Netflix in the last? Like it had astronomical. Uh, viewing like people perhaps because it takes the piss out of journalists I mean you know Kate Blanchett plays this kind of plastic faced TV personality doesn't she and it is spot on it's spot on I loved it yeah I don't think I loved it as much as you loved it I enjoyed it but I could see the holes in it I could see where the criticism was coming from because it kind of painted it that the problem with climate denial was Fox News presenters when actually it was it was everybody it kind of means that these cartoon-like plastic characters, oh, we don't believe in climate change, but actually it was mainstream media. And we had the BBC and CNN going, well, let's look at the other side of whether this colour is red. You know, it is red, but maybe this guy's saying it's green. Let's see what he thinks. I think that was the criticism is that it was, um, but as a purely entertainment, you know, piece of 
a movie a piece of piece movie, of movie. It's, a, <laughs> it's a piece of movie it's not even a movie it's just a piece of one i think it did a really good job and actually i think when you're watching something like that you do want broad brush strokes you don't want to be getting into the minutiae because you want to make it to appeal to as many people as possible so they get it and it fitted a lot in you can't fit everything in it what do you think of mark rylance's portrayal as a technocrat was he supposed to be like the steve jobs character? yeah the combination of all of them isn't yeah it? i thought he did good but it was like pretty cartoony like it was a pretty exaggerated you know i was like eh, but but you know what i love the bit when he makes the president run after him because are you coming and you just think in reality, that is what's happening. You've got these four or five bods who kind of make billions and they're basically telling the governments what to do. So, it, you know, yeah, he doesn't say everything, but it does fit a lot in. And I thought, and it did it well and it made it entertaining. And I think that's the hardest bit when you're doing something like that to make it entertaining rather than, oh God, we're being lectured at. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Very good point. I agree. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the one bit, and a friend of mine pointed this out, they kept on in the movie, kept on saying, you know, about Leonardo DiCaprio and, you know, we've got this scientist, this really hot scientist over here. Kate Blanchard keeps referring to him. He's like, we've got this sexy scientist over here. And then it would cut to Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, who are they talking about? Oh, <laughs> oh, him. <laughs> I mean... That was the biggest stretch for me. But yeah. uh, other than that, <laughs> yeah. it was a great movie. I watched all of those, Maureen, and I thoroughly enjoyed them. I also watched a series, which is, I think it was been out for a few years now, which was a very hard watch. Uh, it was called Sharp Objects, which is a an HBO production adapted from a book by Gillian Flynn. Mm -hmm. It's really good, but very, very, very dark, like to the point of beyond dark. Oh. The main character is both an alcoholic and self-harms. Hence the title of the series, which is called Sharp Objects. It's a mini series or, or rather a, a limited series. So it's not going to be, there is no second series. And I think that was because Amy Adams said um, quite publicly that she couldn't handle being in that character's, <laughs> again, she couldn't play that Ooh, character again. Yeah. It was too much for her. So um, it's definitely worth watching. And if you have now TV or if you're, uh, you know, I think if you're abroad, if you have HBO, you can watch it. It is really good. And if you do watch it, when you get to the final episode, you have to watch the credits because the reveal so that you understand the whole series doesn't happen until the credits are over. So if you don't watch the credits, you won't understand what's happened. If that makes sense. Oh, wow. I bet you a lot of people don't know what happened. No, no. And also often in these things, you know, it goes continue and then you press for, you know, but obviously it's the final episode, so it won't do that. But so do do that if you watch that. I also watched... <gasps> Have you watched, I just remembered, and just like that, the Sex and City reboot? Oh, God, no. I'm not watching that. I tried. I watched a bit. Yeah. It's not good, is it? I'm not watching that. I mean, saying that, I've watched all the episodes. Oh, have you? You've watched all of them? Yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that you watched all of them, though, and you're like, it's not good. Because that's... I tried. I tried. But pretty quickly, I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I've been watching Trigger Point, which is uh, oh, the yes. bomb disposal unit. It's on on ITV. That's very good. And also, I watched the first episode of First Responder with Martin Freeman. Oh, The Responder. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It, oh, is it The Responder? Apologies. Yeah, the, the Responder, Responder. Yeah. I don't think I can handle the second episode just yet. That was too much. It's so fucking depressing and you know me i love a depressing program but even i was like oh i don't know if i can manage this it's so bleak very good acting and i don't understand all the hoo-ha about not being able to understand his accent that it is a no, scout not, accent that's ridiculous it's like it's completely understandable like, it's completely i understood everything the whole idea that you can't understand someone with a, a, a with a scout accent, is, accent. yes it's ludicrous it's, it's annoying anyway if you want great acting and great writing then that is the show for you so 
Alison, we have now just witted on for what feels like three days. Tell us horror movies. You've got to have more than one up your sleeve. Well, listen, I'm only going to feature one because I don't want to go on and on. And I always like to choose a horror movie that pertains to the problem. So the horror movie that I actually, it's an old, it's classic. Maureen, I think even you probably have seen it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock is what I'm going with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, that's look, if you've got an agitation, like my best friend hates birds, so it kind of sums it up. But I thought, oh, God, with chickens everywhere, if the birds actually ever happened in this country, we would be in serious (laughs) trouble. Be pecked to death. Yeah. And I also love all of Alfred Hitchcock's stuff. I'm, I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock fan, always have been. If you've never seen it, so the synopsis is Melanie, a rich socialite, follows Mitch, a lawyer, to his home in Bodega. Bay to play a practical joke on him. Things take a bizarre turn when the birds in the area begin to attack the people there. It's great. It's a classic. I think, you know, it's a safe horror movie for if you're not a big horror movie fan. The birds, great one to start off with. Yeah, I just, I thoroughly enjoy it. I think it stands the test of times. I do. I think it's a classic. Yeah, I, I like it. It is a horror movie, I suppose. Yes, it is. I watched it when I was a kid, so I, I can't really remember a great deal about it. I do remember being really scared, though, when I watched it as a child. Yeah. But I also think it comes under that sort of psychological sort of thriller kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's sort of, what's the word? <laughs> what's the word? Help me out, Warren. Uh, when you, straddle. It, it, straddles. Oh, my straddles. God. Yes. Not something, yeah. not something I've done for a long time, but it straddles. Um <laughs> Two genres. Um, that's probably it does. that's probably why the word couldn't find it. And you know, he made Pippa Hendren, who plays the woman. He made her. You know that attic scene where she gets attacked by birds. Yeah. He made her do yeah. it day and day because he because she wouldn't have she wasn't interested in having anything to do with him romantically. So he basically made her life hell. He uh, allegedly, and he uh, he made her go do that attic scene again and again. And she did get really cut by one of the birds. Yeah, she does. She got cut mm-hmm. up by birds. What a vindictive prick. Yeah. And he ruined her career, according to according to her. I think that. She just that I think that was probably the last film she made for him. According to stories, either you play along or that that's your career. And she went, that's my career. This is why I was happy to bring this one to the table because I was like, I know even Maureen will have input on this one and be like, yep. Well, that's great. Uh, we've all TVs and uh, televisioned out now, but it's time to head back to Maureen Younger, which I'm loath to do. But apparently she continues to have two sections in this show. Yes, it's Maureen's corner that she's cultured with her own bit of uh, personality. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we're talking classic films. Classic films, we're talking about the Ealing comedies. Do you know Ealing comedies... Alison? No, I mean, I know of them because I lived in Ealing. It's basically films that were made in the Ealing studios between 1947 and 1957, and they reflect post-war Britain. They're very British. Um, and there's some very famous ones, Kind Hearts and Coronets, Whiskey Galore, Lavender Hill Mob, uh, Lady Killers. So I'm going to just discuss three of them from 1949. These are three of my favourites. And they were pumped out. Am I correct in thinking they were pumped out pretty quickly, a bunch of them? I, th- I don't know if they were pumped out quickly, but yeah, they. I mean, very small budgets, I would have thought. So Kind Hearts and Coronets from 1949. I don't know, have you seen that one, Jen? Uh, is that the one with um, Alec Guinness? Dennis Price and Alec yeah. Guinness, yes. And he plays lots of the characters. He plays nine roles. Yeah, so yeah, he, I remember that. Dennis Price is the son of, basically, his mother was a family for Duke. She ran off with a musician, so they've been abandoned by the aristocratic family. And so he's very bitter. 
and he decides to bump off all the relatives that stand between him and becoming a Jew. And so Alec Guinness plays all the relatives that he bumps off. It's so funny. <laughs> it's very... I mean, as you say, it's quite dark, but it is a comedy. It's funny. Yeah. It's a dark comedy, but yeah. So he, he plays at one point, he plays the suffragette sister of the Duke, who's in a balloon talking about suffragettes for women, and he shoots the balloon down. And so there's, there's all these murders, and nobody suspects him. It's all about class. It's very British, but it's uh, definitely worth watching. It's a, it's, a, it's a good movie. And Alec Guinness is amazing as all these nine. So he's got these big noses and like different sort of wigs. And, yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. He must have had such a laugh yeah. doing that. Yeah, he would have enjoyed himself. And the next one is Passport to Pimlico, which I don't know if Jen's seen. The title really familiar but you'll have to refresh my memory okay it's got famous actors at the time in Britain Stanley Holloway Margaret Rutherford Hermione Bradley and so what happens is an unexploded bomb because this is just after the war obviously kind of erupts and they find this treasure but they also find a document which says that Pimlico actually belongs to the Kingdom of Burgundy and it's never been cancelled out so they declare independence so Pimlico declares independence from the rest of Britain <laughs> what? right it's so at first yeah <laughs> So you need a passport to go into Pimlico. Who wrote this? This is bonkers. So like, you've got to remember, it was, during the time, it was still rationing. People forget, war rationing continued until the 1950s. So now they don't need to do rationing. So it becomes a black market, you know, because you don't need rationing, you don't need this, you don't need that. And then, of course, the authorities are going, well, we can't have this. And so it's basically they're trying to destroy Pimlico because everybody's going, we must get to Pimlico because they've got food and fruit and all this. And so it's like the Brits kind of standing up against, you know, the, the big guy, which you kind of, you can remember that's lots of people's, Recent history, isn't it? It's Britain standing up against Nazi Germany. First time I saw it was in the movies, not when it came out in 1949, I hasten to add, before you suggest it, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it at, at the BFI, and honestly, everybody was in hysterics. It's a really, really funny film. And the next one from 1949, these are three great movies, is Whiskey Galore. Right? Okay, I know Whiskey Galore, yeah. They did a modern version, which was uh, absolutely awful. Maybe I was thinking of that. Yeah, it was dreadful. With Joan Greenwood, Basil Radford, is it Radford, I think? And a very young Gordon Jackson. Oh, okay. And it's based on a true story. So it's set during the war. There's this fictional island just off the west coast of Scotland and they've run out of whiskey. So you can imagine what a catastrophe this is because whiskey actually in the Gaelic, uh, Wishkabeha, means uh, water of life. So it's like they can't believe this. They've run out of whiskey. They can't get any more whiskey. And then this bit's based on a true story. A ship manages to flounder just off the coast of their island and it's full of whiskey so they're going to go and steal the whiskey but they've got a problem because it's just before the sabbath and even until the 90s maybe even still today in certain islands you can't do anything on the sabbath right you can't even hang out your washing because it's god's day so they've got to get to that boat bring all the whiskey back before it's the sabbath and they've got a home guard officer who's an upper-class englishman who everybody hates he's a complete idiot and he obviously he wants to try and stop it because the last thing he wants is because they haven't paid the customs and excise on it. And so it's basically them trying to get the better of this English officer. And it is very, very funny. I did talk to an islander who hates the movie because she says it's really full of cliches, which it probably is. But I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, you've got some really good Scottish actors there. I think it, is it Duncan McRae and stuff like that. It's very, very funny in all the ways they go to hide all the whiskey from the from this English officer. I would recommend them. They're really, they're, you know what, they're enjoyable movies to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Brilliant. And where would you be able to find them and stream them if, if you wanted to? I don't know, because I've got the DVDs. <laughs> Great. Still on the DVDs. Okay. I mean, good luck, basically. Uh, thank you, Maureen, so much. What a lovely... Uh, look, I'm intrigued. Uh, now that I know a little bit more about Britain... I should watch these movies yeah, and learn even more. Because, you know, a lot of it's about class. Unless you're British, you don't realise how much class 
influences British society, which is why we've got some like Boris Johnson. Oh, don't! In power. I can't. I can't talk about him. Oh my God! Everything is class, even drugs. You right? You talk about class A's. You guys even give classes to your drugs in this country. Like everything has a class system. Stamps. It's very interesting. Our stamps. Yeah. Train carriages. Everything. It's classes. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. And what I've learned is I'm very much uh, second class. <laughs> I'm very much coach, is what I've learnt from. <laughs> I think I've learned I'd rather be coach, is what I've learned. Do you know what? This... Same. Same, same. I'm perfectly happy with that. Well, Jen, you rolled your eyes when we talked about government. Uh, so I know that's one thing that gets your goat. But what I would like to know, Jen, is what do you want to talk about today? What the hell is getting your goat? I don't want to lose my shit over. Th- okay, this is it. Right. Jen's goat is happening now. <laughs> I cannot handle this! <laughs> i tell you what's getting my coat. It's my face. Oh, my God. It's the winter. And so what happens in the winter with my sallow skin? I look great in the summer, I have to say. I look great in the summer. I don't even need much sunshine. My skin goes, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tan well. I don't need much to tan. Like, I wear Factor 50 cream, which I know people don't believe because I don't want to have wrinkles. So I wear sunblock, but I still pick up a bit of a glow. And do you know what? My skin absolutely loves it. It says, yes, please. But in the winter, my skin goes, look, I've got eczema Aww. around my eyes. I can't get rid of it. That's not leaving. And I just look. I think what's getting my goat is... I don't think I'm suited to British winters. And I think that that winter, winter's getting my goat. Hasn't January been hard? Hasn't it been hard? I think I forget every year that January literally sucks a dick. Um, Sorry, apologies to anyone that's offended by dicks or sucking. But the idea of bringing those two together is that winter is offensive. And you know... There's always a poem, isn't there, about winter, about, oh, this is a time for renewal as we watch the leaves fall from the trees and we know that the spring is coming. And, and there's a bit of me that goes, that's correct. Things are all getting lower and dampening down and the, the trees have lost their leaves and the plants are, are lying low and ready for spring to reawake. And there's a bit of me that goes, and this is the natural order of the world. And then I think, no, fuck it. I've got to move to L.A. or something where it's just sunny all year round. <laughs> Listen, have you ever seen a Californian that looks depressed? No. Even the homeless people have got a spring in their step. There's something about vitamin D. I don't care what we say about, isn't it nice to be cosy? Sure, for a weekend but not for five months. It's not. I'm not into it. So that's it. It's January and winter is getting my goat. Technically, it's February. Is it February yet? Yeah. Oh, it's the first yeah, of February. February. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, it's not, is it? Because whenever this comes out, it's later. But the point is, it's the 4th of February. <laughs> it's the 4th of February. Okay. And we've still got a long time before winter ends, haven't we? So that is what has got my goat. I'm glad you went to winter as opposed to your face because I love your face and I think you are stunning all year round. So I'm glad that we narrowed it down and it's winter that is getting your goat because that's the enemy. Oh, yeah. Winter's bleak. And I know there are people that like winter, but just get get a grip, love. Skiers, skiers, those people who do winter sports. All right. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Yeah, but even if you're skiing, you're somewhere in the mountains and there's sunshine. I'd happily be up in the mountains. I just want some sun. I don't even care if it's cold. It's just grey and drab and no vitamin D and no thank you. Winter can suck one. What about you, Maureen? What are your thoughts? Do you have any? Are you still there? I mean, I don't know. What I hate is the fact that it gets dark so early. That's what's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. That you don't really have that much daylight. That's the downside. It seems to get dark by about half three. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? I think you do like sunlight. 
Because a friend bought me, actually, uh, Jenny, actually, before she bought me a sad light, but I haven't really started using it properly yet. Look, I was just going to jump in and say that. I didn't want to be like, well, listen, ladies, but I bought one. I bought one of those uh, seasonal depression disorder lights. You only need them like 15 minutes in the day in the morning. So basically what it does is it gives you that dose of that type of light that you need, which tells your brain, stop making dopamine, which is what makes us sleepy, and make serotonin because your brain goes on hormones. And because there's a lack of light, it is the light that tells your brain, start making serotonin, stop making dopamine, which is what makes us sleep. So if you give yourself a dose of that light for 15 minutes when you wake up, Maureen, don't get me wrong, it's bright. That's why you don't leave it on the whole time. You put it on, drink a coffee, just kind of have it on you, and it helps your brain to create serotonin. It really does help. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about these bloody lights. If I even mentioned winter, they're like, oh, you're going to get yourself a light. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just another thing, isn't it? I know, but I got mine for 20 quid online, and uh, it really really does help. Okay, well, I'll take that on board, Alison, because as always, that is good advice. Uh, And so rather than moaning about winter, I'll just put a very, very bright white light in front of my eyes. (laughs) to remind myself (laughs) that there is light out there (laughs) wow Uh, guys we've done it we've done it we've absolutely nailed it we've finished this episode bim bam bomb women talking bollocks If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.